0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or whatever time it is for you as you listen to us. This is from Bob's office via Zoom. Today is Thursday, April sixteenth at eleven twenty nine AM. And my name is Jacob Baumer.
1: And I'm Jake Mathis. Joining us today is a great friend of ours. He is currently going to Lancaster Bible College, not Lancaster, because for some reason they think it's different, in Pennsylvania. Where he is studying biblical studies and communication through media arts. He is a social media influencer, an all around incredible person, a man of God. Ladies and gentlemen, Josh the intern. (laughs) Hello, what's up? What's good?
0: (laughs) Cleverly avoiding his last name. I didn't know. I told him earlier that I didn't want to say it because I'm. (laughs) You're
2: supposed to say Kilimanjaro, man. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's how I I pronounce it 99% of the time is
1: Kilimanjaro. Um.
0: (laughs) I didn't know you were a social media influencer. I guess we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, I like to think of them. So we're going to start because we had a mild legal situation the other day when a good friend of the show, Jacob Nielsen, who's been on multiple times and we talk about him all the time, we want to give him props. He also has started a podcast. You should go check that out. Um, you can find it on YouTube. Their account name is The Way LB, so T-H-E-W-A-Y-L-B, where they host their podcast, which is called The CC Podcast. If you want to find out what The CC stands for, you got to go check it out. But it's Jacob. He's the high school pastor. Well, Bethany. They, they don't tell I you. I, it was supposed to be a surprise. <laughs> they don't tell you what it is. It's just two blank Cs, and maybe eventually we'll find out. But So Jacob... He's the high school pastor at Bethany, and he hosts the show with his friend, Mike, who is the middle school pastor at Bethany. And so they both, they do their show. It's really good. So I was listening to their fourth episode the other day, and this is how the show started.
1: What is going on, everybody? Good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Whenever you're watching this podcast, it's a CC podcast.
0: Now, obviously, my first reaction was, what the heck, bro? So I texted our group. I said, this sounds familiar. And (laughs) and Jake uh, threatened to sue. Um, We had some, you know, some strife going on. (laughs) Jacob apologized. Um, And then this was their podcast from Tuesday. That I listened to this morning. And Jacob you know, may or may not have redeemed himself a little.
2: Andrew, Andrew, Andrew And I got to give a quick, quick shout out to a man named Jake Mathis. So last week
1: um, for Friday's recording, basically I stole his intro. Because Mike flipped the intro on me and was like, dude, can you do the intro? So I did it. So I resorted to what I know. And I copied Jake Mathis's intro. So number one, <laughs> feel terrible. Number two. Jake Mathis, if we ever get paid for this recording or for recording this podcast, you get the entire paycheck from the first
2: episode. Mm-hmm. So, Love shout that. out to you. You, <laughs> you get decide, it inside, not mine. I take my 50 cents. There <laughs> you
0: So, we are, we are honored that Jacob just, it's in his subconscious to use Jake's intro. I mean, obviously, I use it too. That's become the standard. I just copy Jake, but... We're honored that he used it, and that he, you know, <laughs> redeemed himself and and gave Jake some credit. So, we still expect him to pay us at the appropriate time. Yep, I'm time still for waiting. My relatives.
1: So, Josh, I forgot what I was supposed to ask you first. Uh, no, go over what we're doing. This start. What is, Jacob. <laughs> What do you normally ask for after you oh, do? All right, there we go. All right. Sorry, it's coming off. They couldn't hear
0: me because I had turned off the mic.
1: Oh, that's right. You did turn off. I mean, yeah, you sound like you're in a bubble. So
0: it <laughs> <off>. <laughs> it's. You couldn't hear me through that anyway. Um, it. We usually start talking about the quarantine, but you're going to talk to them about that later. You're going to start by how we got to. That's Detroit. right. Josh? Oh, shoot. The origin story.
1: So you're originally from a
2: different state. State of depression. I mean, uh no. Um <laughs> I am from well. <laughs> No, I am from Maryland, on the east coast, right outside, mm-hmm. growing up in New York City, which is DC.
1: Perfect. Um and so you ventured a long way to California. What brought you to California?
2: Um so the first time I went to California what brought me out was this mission um <clears throat> this mission team I went with called Operation Barnabas and basically what they do is student evangelism and a lot of outreach and encouraging churches and people um the name Barnabas in the bible actually means son of encouragement the guy's name his name is Barnabas. His real name is actually Joseph. They just called him Barnabas because he was an encourager. So the team and I, we just went to different churches. One of the churches we ended up being at was Los Altos Grace. And that's where I met you, Jake, and Jacob Bomber. And then, uh, do you want to talk about the second time I came back out or just, just that first time?
0: No, you definitely have to talk about Oh their experience staying yes. <laughs> with staying in our house.
2: Yes. Yeah. So on Operation Arborist we have host homes, right. So um Jacob Bomber, he was our host home for me and uh like I think it was four other guys. Uh and he shows us to where we're gonna be sleeping, it's on the couches in the Kurtz house. And I'm are you counting?
0: <laughs> and, uh, it was at, it was at least five other guys. Yeah. Cause it was you, Tommy, Peyton, Lay- Lay- Layton, Tyler, Jordan and Tyler. So yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. So we, uh, we were going to bed and I was just chilling. They're all sleeping on the one side of the room with like, all, where all the couches are like in a row. And I'm sleeping on the other side of the room where it's just one big recliner. So I'm sleeping there. I'm chilling. And then I wake up and I feel like I see movement across the room, but it's like really dark. So I'm like, what is going on? Like, am I tripping? So I like rub my eyes and like try to like blink. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm tripping. So I try to go back, go, go back to sleep. And I like look up again. And I'm like, okay, it looks like there's people walking in here. I'm like, what in the world? And I'm like, what, what is going on? So like, I get up to like walk towards like the figures and I'm like, what is going, like, what is going on? And like, one of them like turns and looks at me. And I'm like, what the heck? And like, I slap the big guy, Tommy. He's like six five or whatever. And I slap him, and I'm like, guys, 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 wake up! Look at this! And as soon as I do that, they're all wake. They're all awake and they're like, they're gone. I'm like, bro, bro, I'm tripping, bro, I'm tripping, I'm tripping. And I'm just like, just go back to sleep. Don't mind. Just go back to sleep. <laughs> I Go back to sleep. And for like the rest of the trip, with next two weeks, a big like. Uh, coined term was like me saying I'm tripping bro because Very much so. <laughs> yeah. So that was interesting.
0: Okay, well, you didn't finish what happened because that morning Devin came over.
2: Oh yes, yeah, yeah. So Devin Kurtz, he came over. I in oh okay, so what was happening that day was it was the World Cup. France was playing um I forget who they were playing. But I don't remember. Yeah, Devin Kurtz came over, and I was just telling him the story. And then he says that there's a similar story that happened in the house with the radio. Like, um, I think he was referring to how the radio was, like, never plugged in, but he would hear, like, static and stuff. He and his brother would hear, like, static and stuff from the radio in one of the rooms. Is that yeah, it?
0: Yeah. Something like so, that, Yeah.
2: Yeah. So it wasn't, like, the first time they had, like, a weird kind
0: of, like, paranormal yeah. experience. Well, I just, meant that, I just meant that Devin came over, and it was early, because you your episode happened at, like, in the middle of the night at, like, 3 right. or 4 o'clock, right? So Devin comes over at, like, 7, maybe, somewhere around there, to come yeah. watch the soccer game. And he comes in through the back door, and your, My back your recliner is... is back there. Yeah. And so... It was just a weird, funny morning that he showed up and you like that had happened, so his introduction to you was you having a paranormal experience. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, Me too and it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, that was a uh, Yeah, that was hilarious. So, or some, kinda it was something yeah, we had, we had <laughs> it was some good basketball games in the driveway. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was we had the was it the first night that you guys stayed that you were all like, we were all just sitting in the house, hanging out and Cody came home and like introduced himself to you guys. And then Layton comes out of the shower and Cody's <laughs> standing there. And Layton, Layton's like not wearing a shirt, just out of the shower, chilling. And he sees Cody and he's like, who's the new guy. And Cody was like, you're the new guy. Talking about. <laughs> yeah. <is> <laughs> oh, was so funny. Uh, yeah, Who those are, uh, are,
2: those are mid- Midwesterners for you.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's great. So that was That's the good. original. That was the original for one weekend, three days.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Before Before you get into um, part two, how did you get connected to Operation Barnabas?
2: Okay. So I was at a Momentum Youth Conference in, uh, where was it this time? It was at Indiana Wesleyan University in Indiana, obviously, Um. And I always thought California was cool. But uh, Operation Barnabas is part of the same organization that uh, Momentum is. It's all under CE National. It stands for Church Evangelism National. So they promote, like, Operation Barnabas teams. Like, hey, if you guys want to sign up, blah, blah, blah. So it was one of the sessions. It was, like, the last night there. And they were promoting it. And I was like, I really want to go. It's in California. So I was saying, like, I want to go to OB. And this lady, like overheard me and she turned I turned around this woman named Margaret and she was from California she's like you should totally sign up like I'm gonna like give me your name I'm gonna check to see if your name's on the thing next year so I signed up got like my references made it through raised money turns out the lady Margaret was one of my OB leaders so <laughs> that's really cool that's like perfect exactly the hand of God man. Really? Right. Um and so the second time you came to California, what brought you here and why? So at the end of not the, not at the end, but when I was um visiting Grace Los well, Altos Grace, um Mike Gentis is one of the pastors there, and I was talking to him and he ended up we had this connection, this missionary guy named Matt Eedlin. Um he's a missionary for I think it's encompassed because that's who uh, Mike also works with. So is it is that it? I can't remember. But basically, yeah. So uh, we had that connection. Matt Elin was based from Waldorf, which is where I'm from. That's the church I went to. So he knew him, and I was like, "Whoa, this is crazy." So basically, he was like, "I was like, I love California. It's amazing." He's like, "You should go, uh, enter an application." I was like, Okay, yeah, I'll do it. So, <laughs> then, um, I go back home, fill this intern application, and then next thing you know, like six, seven months later, I'm arriving back in Long Beach and re-meeting you guys, which uh, an amazing experience that was.
0: Uh, so, guess how many people uh, okay. have ever filled out an app, an intern application for me up to that point? How many? Zero. I didn't even know I, it was a thing. <clears throat> so I, I, I didn't like, know oh, we by had the way, those. Josh was going to be an intern. I was like, well, okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know we had those.
1: Was I supposed to do one of the, like,
0: I don't know. you fill out, Jake.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, so, and then my phone is saying forever to unlock, which is stupid. Like, my face recognition is not
0: working. Maybe your face is... Your, it's because your beard. No,
1: I've had I had a beard all last summer. <laughs> it's because you cut your hair. I had short hair eventually. <laughs> um, eventually. Yeah. So I kind of want to go over some more of your time here this last summer. Um, what were some of the things that you were that you did during your internship? Like, what are the kind of things that like impacted you most from it?
0: Honestly, I think the. Uh... Before you start, can I just before our listeners get like really impressed the there was no plan was,
1: hey <laughs> hey we shouldn't tell them that. what if we have some board there, person wanting
0: to be an intern I've, I've never been an intern I've never thought about having an intern I don't know what an internship looks like so Mike was like you think you could come up with a program I was like sure I'll make something up we'll just see what happens so my goal was to just keep josh as busy as possible as much as possible with like whether it was busy work or whatever like okay i just need to make sure josh has all of these things to do whether they are church related or not because josh has got here for six weeks he took all this time to raise all this money to make sure he was out here i need to make sure that he at least has a good time and that he's not just sitting around bored for six weeks so that was that's the preface going into the rest of it
2: all right, so let me let me uh let me talk about how like just just arriving in California. So no, for my, so for my body, like okay, so Maryland, you guys are on Pacific Coast time, I'm on an East Coast time. So yeah, we're three hours ahead of you. So I arrive at the airport at like what what what, what time was it?
0: Um, it was at least ten.
2: It was like ten something, right? But yeah. Uh, Long Beach, LA County traffic. We're uh, you're coming to LAX and. I remember you sent me a screenshot. It was like one, a one mile stretch took you how long? (laughs) An hour. An hour.
0: hour. (laughs) I got there. I exited the freeway at 10, like the free, the freeway exit right there to pull up to LAX and go. There's like, yeah, that little stretch. I exited the freeway at 10. I picked Josh up at 11. Exactly. At night? Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) And, and I, I was just like, as soon as I got in the car, I, I remember Jacob. It was, it was it was so dope. I was like, oh, this is dope. And then I just uh, immediately started
0: pouring my heart out to him. I was like, Josh, we, said, we spent a little bit of time together a few months ago. You have now just completely opened yourself up to me. I don't know what to say.
2: <laughs> so I'm just, like, telling him about, like, this whole, like, oh, situation with my ex. And I'm like, bro, what is going on? <laughs> and I was just like, I I just, like... Uh, vomited my whole like world onto this man who I met for three days <laughs> like six months ago. That <laughs> so, was so funny. Yeah. So then we get back to the house and I I don't oh know what we do is we get in and out and that was amazing. <clears throat> so at this point it's like it's like 3 a.m. in my body. So like having in and out at like 3 a.m. in the morning for me that was pretty that was a pretty great experience. <laughs> So, um we get back to the house and Jacob lets me know that we're going to summer summer league later, like sometime during the summer. And I'm like, what in the world? Like, bro, that's so dope. I like literally my whole life, my brother and I, we've watched like all the NBA drafts, we've watched summer league. Like, we always wanted to like growing up every kid plays basketball. Things are gonna go to the NBA. But, like, I always wanted to go to Summer League. And I oh, the best Summer League to watch is always the Vegas one. It's always the Vegas one. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. we got to go to the Vegas Summer League, and I was like, "Oh, this is mind-blowing. So, but, yeah, that was one of my favorite experiences. But, honestly, I think uh one of the best experiences I had was, like, picking up the kids in the youth group and just driving them around and <laughs> hanging out with them, like, just being able to, like, whether it was like a bunch of them at once or just one, we won at one time, that was just like amazing. And then hanging out at the Silva's house with you, Jake, and everyone else, that was like super memorable. And then um going to the bay every was it Mondays? It was Monday. Yeah. Every Monday. Yeah. Disc golfing. That was pretty good. <laughs> I, I remember starting to disc golf. I was terrible. I'm not great now, but I'm way better than I was in the beginning. <laughs> so I remember when the first times like I threw the disc and it like dug into the ground like after it landed. <laughs> I was just, like and I I like me being an athlete, I was just like I don't like this feeling of me <laughs> sucking at something that's of the mic. But um Jacob and, and Jake were gracious enough to like show me tips and and not ridicule me for being so <laughs> trash at this. Home. So um, yeah, and uh, over overall, the whole experience was just great. Like the overnighter that we did with the youth. Um, that one time where I did actually speak to youth group, and like I was, <laughs> it was like I was all over the place, but then <laughs> like one kid actually really my message resonated with him that was really dope um my honestly like I can't pinpoint like what was the best experience I just remember like so I broke up with my girlfriend within my the time of being in Long Beach but like this is gonna sound (laughs) pretty bad but my last shower in the Kurt's house I my heart hurt more (laughs) from leaving knowing I was gonna leave Long Beach than like any anything else like I was like I I was not happy to leave Long Beach like I my first time coming to California when I came in uh 2018 that summer I was like this place is dope like this feels like home come back again and I'm like whoa this really feels like home like you only I've only been there I've only been there for six weeks and I had this feeling of just like feeling like, oh gosh, this is gonna suck to be separated from these guys who've just become like my family. Like and it was just it was just amazing. Like you guys received me so well. You just like took me in and I just fit really well with you guys and I miss you so much. So I guess that's a really long answer to half summarize <laughs> <laughs> my surfing. Surfing was super dope too. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was amazing. Um,
1: and so moving on from there, unless you want to share other tidbits, I might come back to a few because I'll probably just pop in my head because that happens. Um, So moving on to this past year, um, you started at a new school. How was that kind of situation?
2: Yeah, so originally my freshman year, I was attending Word of Life Bible Institute in upstate New York. So I'm from Maryland, right? So when it snows in Maryland, I'm in the southern part of Maryland. So when it snows, we get, like, three inches. They cancel everything, you know what I mean? But I'm going to school eight hours north in the Adirondack Mountains of upstate New York, and it's completely different. Like, it's yeah. so different, bro. Like, the winter, like, it literally started snowing um two weeks before Thanksgiving. And the snow didn't melt until April. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was like a that was an amazing experience um, i learned a whole lot we went to new york city a couple times um i was playing basketball at the school at the time too then i had to stop after the season because uh my knees i could tell, tendinitis and all that and then went through my summer internship with uh jacob and jake and then i transferred to this other school called Lancaster Bible College. And I don't know why they pronounce it Lancaster. Like it's like Lane kissed her, but like it's, it's, it looks Lancaster, but you know, Pennsylvanians, they're like semi Midwesterners. They're they're different. They're kind of weird. So um, that experience was just, it was honestly a really, really good experience for my first year being there. Um, getting into my major uh, with communication media arts, That was just a whole lot of fun. Like, I got to um, work with a lot of cameras and film stuff, and I'm learning a lot. Uh, It's way, way bigger than the school up in New York, and just meeting a lot of fun new people. And then I didn't know this until, like, I really, quote, unquote, moved to Lancaster, that Lancaster has this place called Lancaster City. And it's like, so Lancaster is one of the best towns in in the U.S. Like, it, it was awarded that. Because it's like super nice. It's awesome. <laughs> like, everything is like, it's like everything is like really pretty. And like, like when you think about East Coast farmland, like Pennsylvania, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, like that's what you get. Yeah, yeah. So being a college student, you want like late night food and stuff, but everything closes at like nine. <laughs> right, man. like like even, even like the mcdonald's drive through is the only thing that's open past like nine so everything closes like super early but they have like a lot of like cool rustic shops and stuff like that um and another cool thing that happened when i went to school was because my first year program was at word of life which is just straight bible i transferred like 33 credits over to lbc um and because I'm a double, I'm a double major with biblical studies and communication media arts, I only have to take two electives to get my biblical studies degree. And because of word of life. So I just do a bunch of gen ed yeah, yeah, yeah. and get to be in like what I really want to learn. So it was, it's overall been like a really good experience. And I just, I like to meet new people and there, there's more people. And <laughs> so yeah, it was fun. It was, it was, it's a good year. And then next year I'm actually. They offered me an RA position, so I'm taking that too. So it's cool. Cool. Experience.
1: Perfect. And so, because of the whole pandemic currently going on, how did they react? Right, like early on, like how did the school react,
2: and like when did they like ship you off, kind of thing? Right, right. So um, when we heard about uh, the pandemic, like basically hitting the U.S. We were already on spring break and I was at one of my friends house in Pennsylvania helping me helping him out like filming stuff for him he was he makes music um and then I was hanging out with a couple of friends later later on that week and we had just got like a text that said that they're extending break another week because of to deal with coronavirus so then my uh my parents were going to come pick me up a couple of days later and in that time we got another text that was like, yeah, we're closing school until April 12th. So <clears throat> I was like, okay, that's cool. Let me go back to the school campus, which is only like 10 minutes away from the guy's house I was staying at. Get all my stuff. Well, not all my stuff, majority of my stuff. And just bring it back just in case I don't open school again. And then I come home chilling at my house. And uh this group chat that I'm in blows up. And they're like, yeah, they canceled school for like the rest of the semester. And I'm like, dang. And that, to me, this is like my worst nightmare. One, because I'm, I like to be an independent person. Two, I'm an extrovert. And three, I'm a very like hands-on in-person person. So like learning online was, is, it has been like, <laughs> it's been a huge adjustment. It's been a good challenge. So <clears throat> the way the teachers are handling the online courses now that we're transitioning to it, most teachers are giving like pretty good grace. What if my teacher isn't? But, uh, we're, we're gonna not talk about that. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> other than that, um, most teachers are, are given pretty good grace. Uh, it's, it's, it's alright. Like, I definitely miss being on campus and the environment and being able to go into my, my classroom and, and interact with my professors. Like, the way they, the school is structured is that, every student has like an opportunity to have a a good relationship with their professor. So I really miss that. And I really enjoyed my classes. So now it's just like, it's kind of, these classes weren't meant to be taught like online initially. So everyone's (laughs) transitioning. So a lot of the students, we're just kind of teaching ourselves, you know, but it's all right. The school handled, handled the situation well, and they're helping students handle registration for next semester well. And um, I think things are going, will go smoothly.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe,
2: but, yeah, that's how it is right now. Yeah, you all
1: went over one of the things as well with the whole, um, how was the online transition? So, like, so most of your classes and stuff were kind of easy to, the transition was kind of easy for you to do, or? um, Like, so like, was
2: most of your work like submitted online and stuff anyways or? Yeah, yeah. So we use, uh, we don't use Blackboard. A lot of schools use Blackboard, but we use this, we use Canvas. Yeah. So everything was submitted online anyways besides for one class, which is last semester. But so this semester, everything I have to submit online. The only things that are difficult for me are, um, is my math class because I'm not very good at math. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's kind of rough learning math. Like. <laughs> online, and you're not in person. and You're not very good at it to begin with. But, like, I'm pushing myself, and the internet's here. So, and then my other class is video editing. Because my laptop, one of my friends called my laptop an Atari because it's slow.
0: <laughs> so, um, For those of you who don't know what an Atari is, it was one of the original video game systems from the late 80s that <laughs> was a large a large unwieldy black box that literally just had a joystick as a controller with a <laughs> button on top. And it was amazing.
2: <laughs> so that's what, like my laptop is huge and it's, it's like, it's, it, it's black. It's just, it's just like, well, that makes sense. It's Atari and it's slow. So <clears throat> it doesn't run the same programs that like we would have, we have access to the lab at my school. And the lab has just, like, a bunch of computers and has the whole Adobe suite on everything. So if you're a communication major, you have access to the lab, and you can go do your homework there. And for video editing, that's why I do all my video editing, but now that I'm at home, they gave us access to the Adobe suite, like, on our laptops, but my laptop cannot handle that, so... But like, the first two weeks I'm like trying to up update everything on my laptop and I'm like missing like two I missed like two assignments. But the professor was pretty gracious and he said that uh he was gonna like give us another give people whose laptop didn't work another program. But because I'd seen everyone else's laptop in class, I knew I was the only one who had to use a different program. <laughs> so <laughs> So that, that's, that's been the most difficult kind of thing, but now I'm using a different program and it's gone smoothly. So, yeah. And another cool thing is that regarding housing, the school is like kind of reimbursed us and I, we just put all that money to, to my account cause I was already paying bills and I only owe the school like a hundred something bucks to pay for the rest of the semester. Cause Previously, I just been I had I have three jobs and I take 17 credits, so it's like I'm working 20 hours, 17 credits, trying to make these payments because I'm living on campus. But now that it's online, it's easier financially, but hard yeah. So um, um, is
1: your computer terrible in sound? Uh, well, it's
0: just, our sound comes out through his computer, and then the mic catches it, and we hear it again.
2: So I'll talk quieter. Hopefully that that's better. Um, yeah, I mean, either one was good. I wasn't complaining.
1: <laughs> uh, so now that you're at home and stuff like that, you're kind of back at home with your family and stuff like that. Who who is your family? Like who
2: you're living with kind of right now? Like who's all in your house? Yeah. So, uh, I am the youngest of three. So my my sister, she's the oldest. She's 26. She she went away to school, came back home, um, and she's living here at home with us, with with my niece. So we have I have a baby in the house, which is really cool. They she and her daughter they moved back here my senior year of high school, so that was like a really interesting experience, like getting to like raise a baby in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, my both my parents, there, my dad's from Kenya, my mom's from Jamaica, and. Then they met at a school in Georgia. Long story short, they had three kids, and I'm one of them who's on this podcast. Hi, my name's Josh. Um, so, oh my <laughs> so, uh, so that's my sister. My brother, he doesn't live here. He goes to school in Baltimore. He goes to Towson University. He has an apartment up there. And uh, then there's me, the restless 20-year-old living <laughs> in this house, trying to do work. So,
1: So, are your parents, like, do they have to teach through, like, Zoom and stuff?
2: Oh, yeah. So, right now, they're They're on Easter break. Yeah, they're both teachers, yeah. Good memory. Yeah, they're both teachers. So, my parents, they they do teach through Zoom. So, growing up, my mom, we've always had this thing with my mom, where, like, she would get on the phone at, like, 7 a.m. on Saturdays. Now my mom is Jamaican. Now if you know people from other cultures, like they're just loud and then my house is thin walls. And this room that I'm in right now is just is across the hall from my parents' room. So if my mom was on the phone at seven a.m. being herself, her beautiful loud self, <laughs> I my brother, everyone in the house would be woken up from that. So fast forward years later to now when I come back home where I'm previously just used to living in a dorm and most people are exhausted and quiet or most, most of the time they're quiet. And, uh, I don't have to get up at like, well, I would get up early to go to the gym, but like now that it feels like I'm on break, I'm sleeping in a bit more, but my mom has class at like eight or nine. So around like eight or nine, I will hear her teaching her, uh, preschoolers in my room <laughs> and her teaching voice is louder than her on the phone voice. So, <laughs> so there's that. Um but, she, but she's doing a great job. And then my dad, he also teaches, uh, by, by Zoom too. He teaches high schoolers, uh, 10th and 11th graders or 11th and 12th graders, something like that. So.
1: That's probably a lot more better than the screaming
2: preschoolers. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, like it's funny hearing her being like, put your breakfast away. Don't eat what everyone else can see it. And like she's on like she's talking to the parents and stuff. She's doing really well, actually, with the technology. She's adjusted well. I'm proud That's
1: good. That. It's funny. Yeah. I can't imagine my mom trying to do that. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. And so while you're stuck at home and stuff like that, what are some of the activities that you are entertaining yourself with? Because right now there's not much to do.
2: <laughs> right, right. So um, this Christmas, my friend – actually, okay, let me backtrack. Before I went to college, one of my friends, he gave me a pair of Beats, Beats headphones because he was getting new headphones. He gave it to me for free, which is pretty dope. Then I come back for Christmas, and he says he's going to give me his Xbox One because he's getting, he's getting a new Xbox. Um, she never gave it to me over Christmas, which is fine because me and my roommate, we don't have a, a TV in our dorm. So, this is cool. But then I come back for home. I come back home and it's before everything was like on lockdown. He gives him the Xbox and then everything goes on lockdown and I'm like, oh, this is perfect timing. Now I can play the Xbox. <laughs> like I used to be a huge gamer. Like my brother and I, our first Xbox was the is, it's still downstairs, the white Xbox 360. Like that was the one that had came out when you had like Lego Indiana Jones. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we were playing like back in the day. So it's it's cool to um have to 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 play games and especially I connect can connect with you, Jake, and like Julio and everyone else through Discord and stuff. And then I also uh I'm also reading some books, like some of the books you gave me, Jacob. Uh right now I'm reading The Good and Beautiful God. And I've been going through everybody always too, this whole year so I decided to pick that back up to help with getting closer to God uh like through this time just because I'm a very uh semi I'm, I'm a weird person when it comes to like structure so my time is not
0: qualify that you could have just said you're a weird person and then moved on
2: you know Would've yeah, worked. that's that's true. Yeah, I'm a weird person in general. <laughs> but like especially when it comes to um structure uh it's weird for it's hard for me to get in a mindset of like determination in a place that I'm used to just relaxing in, like my house. Mm-hmm. So this book that you gave me is helping me out with my walk with Christ. So and just it's a good entertaining way to get closer to God too. So that's like a, a thing I'm doing and then also like going over some pictures that I've, t- that I've taken and, like, editing them, posting them and stuff, trying to, like, get my Instagram out there and stuff. So yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and so, after this summer and something like that, you're going back to Lancaster for your, is it junior year?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: So, do you have anything that you're trying to do after, right away,
2: kind of thing? Like, after school is done, kind of thing, like... What's yeah, your, when I when I graduate. I have a couple plans. Um <clears throat> one of the more solid plans that I like to tell adults um is that <laughs> I'm gonna go to Lipscomb University in Tennessee and get my masters in fine arts with with their film program. And through that into not inter- through that uh masters program, everyone Well, the school sets up an internship with their students to in LA with the film industry. So and most of the time the students get like a job offer from that. So you can either choose to stay in LA or go back to Tennessee, which they which is where they make a lot of the big Christian films. Like Mm -hmm. I can only imagine they have like some people at the school who are who helps create that and stuff like that. Um if I don't do that then I might uh, stay around in, in Lancaster and see what communication jobs I can come up with. Cause it's honestly, it's a, it's a big, like, as well, it's a small art city. So there's a lot of like people who have like film festivals and a lot of film companies and stuff like that and photography yeah. jobs around in Lancaster. So that's kind of like what I'm thinking about now. Uh, I'm just seeing what internships I can get leading up to that before I like, before I graduate. Cause I don't want to graduate college and then, mm-hmm. then be in debt, cause that's, I mean, I will be in debt, but be in debt with no job, cause mm-hmm. that's not fun. So yeah, eventually one of my plans is to actually move back, not move back, move to California. So I know I've said that before, but I'm legitimately, yeah, I legitimately want <laughs> to do that. So. so yeah, Jacob. Yeah. Now it's going to
1: your questions.
0: <laughs> so just leading back to the California topic, what are some things, what are some specific things about California you miss? Obviously the people, but it was really funny for me. Like every day there would be at least one moment where you would stop and look around wherever you were and just be like, I love California. <laughs> so like no. why, what what were some aspects of California that you for sure miss? Oh
2: my gosh. So like referencing to like me, like if I'm outside,
0: like me just stopping and looking
2: around like the weather hands down, like bro. Oh my, the whole time I was there, I wore shorts, right? I don't really wear... Like, right now, I'm in sweatpants, and it's, like, it's, like, 600 degrees, but that's because there are mosquitoes out here, you know? <laughs> the whole time I was wearing shorts in California, I got bit by a mosquito one time, and that one time, it didn't even itch after, you know? So, it's, like, like, there are no, like, the there are no, like, bugs out there. Like, that's a huge thing for me. Like, I, I'm not scared of bugs. I just don't like them. Like, it's just... It's irritating to have to kill them all the time. Yep. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just, that's one of the things I miss. Um, the variety of food that you guys have, um, and the uh, the fact that your suburbs are like your your suburbs are kind of, like they're actually like actual suburbs. Like they're kind of urban. You know what I mean? Whereas okay. like, okay. whereas like for me, like living in the suburbs of like D.C. is kind of like. You don't want to go to D.C. at all because that's like 45 minutes into someplace. It's an amazing place, but into like traffic and a whole bunch of other stuff. But like I I've, I've, I was able to drive to L.A. like I think it was once or twice. But and that wasn't a huge, huge hassle. And plus, you guys are really nice drivers, you know, like, uh, like uh. <laughs> I think so. Like you guys, when I was driving, I didn't get honked at a lot. Like I didn't hear a lot of honking. There's so much honking here. There's a lot of road road rage.
0: I guess that that kind of makes sense. I know it's it's louder on the East Coast. People are more quick to express themselves outwardly. <laughs> Californians, we just do what we're gonna do. And if you piss us off, then we're just gonna go about our business and just be mad at you and do something to show it, but not necessarily to like say it or. We just cut you off and go on.
2: <laughs> yeah. <We're,
0: laughs> So, like,
2: if if I'm driving here and someone, like, wants to cut me off or say I accidentally cut somebody off, they'll pull up next to me and, like, cut me off <laughs> or, like, curse at me, you know? <laughs> so it's, like, you, you guys are a, a bit more passive in that way. Um, also, one thing I really like is just, like, the variety of, like, sports history that's in Southern California. Like, I, there's just so much rich history. Like, even with just like your high schools, like, you guys produce some great, like, great athletes. You know, yeah, yeah. like, I really like the culture there. You guys are way more chill. Um, me being half Jamaican, like, I love the beach and the beach is like right there. So, and going surfing was one of my best experiences, like, ever. Like, and then when Bob told me that I did well, he said, this is his words. He said, quote unquote, like, I'm a natural at this because I was able to, like, catch waves my first time. I was like, what? You think so? Oh, that's <laughs> great. And, uh, so, um, food for sure. Like, going to the Long Beach exchange and being able to have a bunch of different variety of food there is really cool. No humidity. Like, the most humid <laughs> day, I think there was like 20% humidity and Uh, and that wasn't even like really humid for me so that that was pretty pretty beautiful so i don't know
0: i i guess i just miss everything (laughs) (laughs) that's why you're coming back someday yes um so you were here for a supposed purpose besides just enjoying southern california life (laughs) um What were, and we've talked about this, so it's not like you're going to say anything that offends me or whatever. Um, What were some things that you learned um, maybe about yourself? You were interning under the guise of youth ministry. What were some things you learned about youth ministry? Um, What were some of the biggest learning experiences for you while you were out here? Yeah. So going to California, definitely changed my
2: mindset in a way I didn't realize till like, towards the end. I remember um, you were sitting at the table, and you were, like, you had, like, your head in your hands, and I was, like, are you stressed? And he was, like, you're, like, no, I'm just tired. He was, like, I really don't stress. Like, basically kind of, like, if I plan for something and it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. I'm not going to stress over it, you know? Whereas, like, the mentality especially on the East coast is like if you plan for something and it doesn't work out, you better make it work out. And that like just stresses, like stresses us out, you know? So, um, for me, that was like a, a huge, like, I, I remember that. Like, I think about that a lot because that was just a huge staple. It's a staple in my life now to kind of like control the controllables and just like, if you, if things don't work out, that's okay. Like God still, still has you. You know, like for majority of my life, I have felt like I've needed to have a plan, like a set plan for the future and stuff like that. And if things didn't go according to my way, I still had to find, find a way to make this plan work out. You know, that was a huge, like life. Like you didn't, it's not like you said that a whole lot. It was more like you just lived it so it was just really good to like have that influence just like rub off on me you know um another thing that i learned is like how relational ministry really is it's not necessarily you just like preaching at people all the time like that's that's not super if you're preaching at someone all the time that's not really effective but like scripture says you will know them by their fruit and like what you produce in those relationships like that's like fruit and how that works, and just seeing you interact with everyone that you knew, everyone that you know, um, really showed me how like life should be done. It's not like you don't do life by a checklist, you know? Like yeah, you need to yeah. get things done. When you need to get things done, you get them done. But man, she's <clears throat> like relational, and it's people to people, not like not like you're connecting to people to produce a product. If that makes sense so that was like a, a really like cute another huge thing that i learned um the whole like californian mentality where people are just like or Southern california mentality the stereotypical people are just like oh they're all super chill which is true but it it's like the it's the warm cold mentality where you guys are right in the warm like you're in a warm part of this country everyone's like warm and chill uh relaxed and that was like different for me but really good for me to be in and just realize like how God can how well God can move when you're not trying to control everything you know like that that is just like like that just being out there has moved my faith in that way so much like it's, it's helped me a lot like I just remember you saying what you said, um, like basically control the controllables and don't worry, don't stress. So it was, and then camp. Camp is really great too. Um, Working with the kids and just seeing how you guys are just able to be yourselves and be crazy and goofy and funny and just not be judged because Mm -hmm. over here, like growing up, Everyone, like if you, in high school or in middle school, the culture here is just, if you're, if you don't have thick skin and don't roast some, roast somebody or make fun of them, then you're like, you're scared, like you're a pansy. So like just seeing you guys be able to like just be yourselves and not worry about judgment and stuff, that really helps me just like be secure like in myself, in my confidence in Christ and stuff too. So yeah.
0: Um, so when you got back home, what was that transition like? Was it, was it, did you notice that you were different at all? Did people around you notice a change and all, whether it was in personality, whether it was in mannerisms, um, what was it like to get back home after having this experience? Did you feel like you were a changed person and now you're know the way you live the interactions you have were they different did you just kind of revert back to maryland josh like what did that look like so um one
2: of the first interactions i had with like my friends coming back home was one of my friends her name is muscon she had a party and one of my friends she came and picked me up to go to mscon's house and uh i just remember like saying some nice things to mscon and she's like you should go way more often, cause you come back way nicer than when you leave. So, I was like, okay. <laughs> so um, that was one thing. And then, uh, especially going into this school year, knowing that, like, I don't have to have control over everything, that mentality has saved me a lot of stress. Whereas like prior to my internship I would have stressed out a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um it has even just like the books that you gave me, like reading everybody always, being able to like read that and digest it and um be able to say speak those truths to people and live that kind of Bob Goffish ish, like relaxed but like spontaneous lifestyle of being responsible. It's like a really good balance. And I've, I noticed that I'm no longer like super, super, super structured or like super, super, I don't care about life. It's like a, ever since going to California, I've been able to maintain a like even keel kind of mentality. And, uh, I think like one thing my family, well, my brother, he said to me, uh, we were talking on the phone when I was going to college, and he said, like, man, like, I'm really proud of you. Like, you're really ambitious. Like, you're able to go and, like, seek the Lord, and you're fulfilling, like, dreams that we both wanted to, like, fulfill, you know? And that was, like, really cool, like, being able to see that going to California was something I wanted to do, and I was able to do it. And I had never realized that I was ambitious up until that point. I think that was another quality that, like, definitely showed after coming, after coming back, or after going to California.
0: Your your Instagram account is titled Josh the Creative. See, yes. So what? Tell us what does that mean? What is what is the purpose of your account? Why is it called that? What, how is that a reflection on you and what you do? Just kind of the whole using that to like run down. What is that about? Right. So
2: I guess, uh, well, this is kind of, this is going to kind of delve into my testimony. When I was in seventh grade, I went to a private Christian school. So we had like, it was like K through 12. So, The guy's varsity basketball coach was my PE teacher, and he had been watching. Like I remember exactly what happened one day: a ball like went up on the stage in the gym, and I just like ran and like jumped onto the stage without putting my hands on the on on the stage and just like grabbed the ball. And he's like, "What?" I was like, "What?" He's like, (laughs) "He's like, bro, you're like you're super athletic. Like if you work really hard, you could go like Division One one day." And at this point. Whenever I get my physical, my growth chart said I was supposed to be like 6'5", mind you. Ooh. So, <laughs> I'm currently 5'11", 5'11". Yeah. 5'11 that,
0: that could have come in yeah. handy.
2: So, right, yeah. So, ever since then, I had like worked really hard with like basketball in middle school. And then, um I had always liked art. Like my mom had always, uh, like, pushed us to see like sunsets and like my two older siblings, my parents made them both learn instruments, even though my sister was terrible at piano. So she quit. My brothers played guitar for like 10 years. Like and both my parents, they're well-rounded people when it comes to like art and being athletic too. But I had like wanted to put all my eggs in the basket of like athleticism even though I did have like the talent for art to create, you know. So then on my, my mom, she, we, we went on a mission trip to Jamaica where she's from. And I took a picture on my iPhone six and, um, I was just showing it to people. I was like, Oh, what do you think about this picture? And people were like, wow, you should like, like really pursue photography and stuff. And I was like, okay, we'll see. So <laughs> then I, came back to America and then met my new youth pastor and it turned out being that my youth pastor's wife was a photographer. So I bought my first camera from her and that's the camera I use today. It's a Nikon D300S. It's a DSLR. So it's a mirror. It's a camera with a mirror. Um, And it's, it was just like, I was like, okay, we'll see what, let's see what happens. So, I would kind of take photography kind of seriously. Like I joined yearbook and stuff. And as I kind of got more into art and my art also pushed me closer to God more than like my idolization of my athletics. So like my whole life I considered myself like an athlete, you know. Mm -hmm. And then like kind of ended up being that like in high school, I kind of had like a identity crisis where I didn't have the same passion for basketball that I did when I was like in middle school and my brother having gone to the same school before me. And so did my sister, them both getting scholarships to go play college sports. Like that was like pressure on me. And like the coaches being the same and like the, everyone in the school knowing how successful my siblings were, that was like like, a lot of pressure on me and ended up being that, uh, going into my senior year I went to Momentum Youth Conference and that was when God really got like a hold of my heart cuz so I hadn't really been truly like living living for God at the time I was making a lot of stupid decisions and um he just he was just like like give me like give me your heart like surrender yourself to me so in that moment in that process of me like fully surrendering to God he just like placed on my heart like to not for my senior year, which I was like the coach. I'd been working out with the coach, uh, in the off season. And we were talking about college stuff and like recruiting and all that. Um, I was just like, uh, this is an idol and I can't do this anymore. Basically. And he kept asking me to play, but I was, I've then actually like sent him an email and articulated everything that was going on. And he like was perfectly fine with that. So, I didn't play basketball, but I did play soccer, and I ran track. Um, But I did do, like, a lot more artistic stuff that year. And then um, going to Word of Life, I then, again, was like, you know what? I'm not going to play basketball. I want to play soccer. But I never got the opportunity to play soccer. The basketball team recruited me, and (laughs) the reason they recruited me, to be quite frank with you, was because there's only six black guys on campus. I had weird yeah. life and because I was yeah. black, they're like, he might play basketball. So then, <laughs> then. Way to look a So then they're like, okay, yeah, so I'll, I played and, uh, halfway through the season, uh, I was having like really, really bad knee pain, like to the point where like I would go to practice and like my knees would be burning and I've always been like the kind of person that like I wouldn't tell my coaches about my injuries, which is really responsible. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I I basically waited till like I got home for Christmas break, and I went to the doctor, and the doctor was like, "You have internal derangement in your knees." I was like, "Okay, I don't know what the heck that means." He's like, "We're gonna <laughs> take like a like a X-ray, and then we're gonna send it to your doctors in New York." So I went to New York, and then went to the doctor there, and doctor was like you have patellar in both your knees you you have to be out for the six weeks doing physical therapy so i was like oh well crap but at the same time i was also really relieved because at the point I, I loved basketball but i wasn't like a thousand percent like committed to it like like i used to be mm-hmm. so i even at word of life was like talking to this guy his name is jonah and he was on the marketing team. And the marketing team at Word of Life, they're a bunch of, because Word of Life is only a two-year institute. Everyone's like 20-something, and they're all like young and hip or whatever. And a lot of them were visual artists. So a lot of them were photographers or videographers. And one of my disciples was in the marketing department. He was like more corporate side, so like of organizing things. And every time I would go to the marketing department, I would go see this guy named Jonah. And he would teach me stuff about cameras and, videography and photography and i was just watching sit there and watch them edit so i was like dang i wish i chose this for my um ministry because that's what that's what basketball was whenever you choose an extracurricular activity at word of life it's your ministry so i was like dang i wish i chose the video production team as my ministry because like this is what i'm actually <laughs> really passionate about and I can, like use my talent for god in this way so then at this point, my Instagram name was Joshua. Like, that well, was underscore Joshua dot Kenyanjui because Kenyanjui is a very common last name in Kenya, and <coughs> so is the name Josh. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, then, after I went to California and I was had the opportunity to take a bunch of pictures of you guys and post those, people were like, "Oh, you're good at this." Blah blah. I'm like, "Okay, cool." And my major was around media arts. I kind of was able to get into my more creative side. Now, going to LBC, they actually had recruited me to run track there because I ran track in high school. (laughs) So I was running track at LBC, but I was doing physical therapy. And then I ended up just, like, dropping it because it was way too much on top of credits and working. So. Uh, I had also started an art club at the time, and my art club was just called like the Creatives, and I was like, shoot, like it's cause it, I it just wanted I wanted to encompass like all of the art, like I just want encourage people to create like creating for the glory of God, cause God is a creator, you know what I mean? So I was like, I me when it comes to art, I like a whole lot of things, like I like cameras, I like Painting, I like poetry. I like music. So I'm not gonna like put Josh the photographer, or cinematographer, or musician. It's like since I like doing all these things, they're all creative. So Josh the creative. So, um, and me, one thing that pushed me to do that was uh, there was a season when whenever I would pray, I had to like write out my prayers, and they were always like super poetical. And that just like pushed me closer to God, like being creative in that way. So that's kind of where the name came from, and yeah, it's a backstory to it.
0: <laughs> that was definitely more than I was expecting, but it was a good story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So you mentioned that it kind of ties into your testimony. What I mean, it's very easy to ask, "What's your testimony?" Um, but I mean, I guess the question I ask, because you grew up in the church, um, what, when was the moment when, or the time period when, you, when your faith became your own? Instead of Jesus being somebody you know all this information about, you hear all these stories about, so you're believing it, whatever that means to a young kid when was the moment when it actually became real for you and you owned your own faith as this is my own relationship with Jesus that I am responsible for as opposed to it just being what you grew up with and what you knew? Right. Right. So it was, uh, the day after the
2: 4th of July, um, and till July 5th. And in this month, this is, uh, what, 20, 17, 2017. In this month, my sister had had her daughter, so my mom was up in Baltimore, so was my brother. And it was just me and my dad, and I had gone out with friends. And I was out with my friends for like, the whole night. I get back to my house at like, 6am. And, I'm like, I had an interview at one that day too. So, I'm just like, I'm getting into my room, and I'm just like super convicted, and God, God just like, presses on my heart. He's like, you cannot, like, live this double life anymore. Like, like, you're being fake, basically. Was basically what the impression was. and I was like, one thing I, I I had done every summer that really helped my faith was going to Momentum Youth Conference. And this summer, I had made up my mind that I wasn't going to go. I was just going to work and save up money. And God was, like, really leading me in that direction. So, once my parents came back, or once once my mom came back and I discussed with my dad, I was like, I want to go to Momentum. Like, I think it'd be a really good thing. I was working across the street with my neighbor to do, like, landscaping and stuff and to pay for Momentum. Ended up being that my parents could pay for it. So, and then uh, at the youth conference, I, like, I used to go to the youth conference and, and me and my friends, we would just, like, get girls' numbers and stuff and, like, flirt with magic girls and stuff. Um, but also pay attention for God. But like this time it was different. It wasn't like, there wasn't my, I wasn't double minded. You know, it was like one track where it was like, okay, God, you like reached down to the muck and mire when I was trying to avoid you and not talk to you. And you reached me. So now I'm here, I'm listening to you. And I just want to listen. I only want to listen to you. So like, what do you have for me? And it was Thursday night. At Momentum, and they actually wrote it down in my journal that's on my desk. Actually, and they uh, were talking about like what it means to be like fully in love with Jesus and and like ministry together. And basically, the speaker was like, If you think like God is pressing upon you to to go in the full-time ministry. Like, I want you to come up front so we can, like, pray for you guys. And I was sitting in my chair, and I was like, I was like, okay, maybe yes, but I was like, for me to, I was like, if I think this, I feel like for me to think this, that, like, I'm being called the full-time ministry, then I think I'm thinking way too highly of myself because my faith is not that strong. So I'm just going to sit in this chair. God, like, show me a sign. So then, like, when I was praying for that, I just kind of, like, had, like, this really comforting warmth like wash over me and i was like okay mm-hmm. that's a sign but like show me another sign so then another a kid from my youth group um he was like i was getting ready to get out of my seat and i was like no nah, i'm good and then like he walked by and like i think he was he wasn't he wasn't paying attention so he like kicked my foot and like the way he kicked my foot i was sitting at the, at the edge of the aisle my foot was like in the aisle at that point so I was like, oh, guess I gotta get up now. <laughs> so then, like, I, I like went up front and like, I I'm not a crier, and this is like the first time I had cried in like a long time. Out of like both my eyes, like normally when I cry, it's, it's weird. I normally cry through like one eye and it's a couple of tears. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, and I was like, wow, like this is what it means to be like sold out for Jesus, and it wasn't just like a feeling because like. After that day, the next day was Friday. And on Friday, you do service projects at Momentum. So we went to do a service project. And we went to this homeless shelter for uh, families with young kids. And at the homeless shelter, there were these older Black ladies. And we were praying with them. And then we were leaving. And I went to hug one of the ladies and say goodbye. And she was like, you have like a huge calling on your life and I was like oh that's crazy because yesterday God just like pressed on my heart that he wants me to go into full-time ministry and I was like what so then um ever since then my life has changed like I haven't lived I used to want to just be like successful monetarily wise because growing up we didn't have like a whole lot and I didn't have struggle like that but now i realized because of God through the grace of God that Success is not determined on like your bank account or monetary value. It's just your treasures laid up in heaven. But just being obedient to God, and ever since like that that moment at Momentum in 2017, um, that's when my faith became my own, and I just wanted to pursue God, even when I do screw up. Still,
0: but that's, that's crazy because that that particular <laughs> momentum is the one that we went to. Um, and so that same call for like, who wants to come up and be in youth ministry or not youth who wants to do full-time ministry, um, Kevin Gentis and Josiah both went up there and did that too at that moment. So yeah, it's pretty cool that you all had that same experience at that same time and came away from it to do, you know, to go on to, to go on to be awesome. Um, what to you what is the most remarkable thing about Jesus that draws you into him uh, I would just say his uh,
2: relentless pursuit um, because for me I I have spent so much time <clears throat> in my life like I grew up in the church yeah Um But the culture here, like going to my Christian school, it wasn't, it was a Christian school, but it was more like a, a school for whoever could afford it didn't really matter the kids values, you know? So that's when I would get into like bad, like bad stuff. And, oh oh crap, kind of forgot your questions.
0: (laughs) What's the the most 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 remarkable thing about Jesus that draws you to him?
2: Right. So, and I would do like stupid things and still he, Pursue me and come after me. And I think it really hit me like this semester, uh in, in that pursuit of us, uh, he refines us. So Proverbs 173 says, and this is the verse I have in my Instagram bio. And one thing I wanted to make sure was like if I put a verse in my Instagram bio, it needs to actually mean something. So if someone yeah. asks me what it means, I can actually say it because I know there's so many people who prefer it in the bios and they don't even know what the verse is, you know what I mean? Really? So I was like, and it's it hit me one morning. It was a Friday morning and I was eating breakfast, and the verse says, "The crucible is silver, the furnace is for gold, and the Lord tests hearts." So one thing I've realized for me is that like in my in God's pursuit of me, He's always been like testing my heart, and just like a a silversmith. Or blacksmith, or whatever metal, uh, smith guy, they like put the metal through like an instrument that boils it basically. So the impurities come to the surface. And how the smiths like they know that that metal is pure is when they look at it and they see their face in it. And that's the same thing God has done through me in my life. And I know I'm not, not gonna be perfect ever until like i meet jesus but that's just how it's been so like it's god like being that that uh minor i just looking for me not looking for me he knows where i am but him just going after me going to the depths getting me out refining me so he sees my, his face and then that just keeps happening over and over again and that's like the most loving thing anyone can do because if if I was God, I would stop pursuing me after
0: a while. But it's a good thing I'm not God. So. This guy sucks. <laughs> I don't want him. <laughs> um. So this question kind of goes along the same route. Might have a similar answer. But um, when non-believers have plenty of reasons to be like, this is why it is obvious that God does not exist. There's no way that God can be real or whatever how do you know that god for sure is real how do you know that god's truth is the truth what is it about god that you were like this is undeniable to me and for sure why he exists right um so
2: <clears throat> i i could go like the super scientific route cuz like i've been like going to bible college they teach you things where it's like and you can get these in books and movies like the case for christ where basically every person that tries to prove that god doesn't exist ends up becoming a christian you know like the biggest atheist so that alone is like a huge testament and then on top of that there's a lot of um yeah (laughs) great book yeah (laughs) there's a lot of um extra biblical evidence like evidence outside the bible that says that the person of jesus existed And that he did rise from the dead. And that that's what Christianity hinges on. And everyone who saw Jesus rise, like, saw him after he was crucified. None of those people recanted their story, even though it was, like, even though they would get killed for not doing that, basically. So there's that. But on top of that, for my personal, in my personal life, like, the reason my family is still together is because of the grace of God, you know? Like, my parents haven't always had, like, the healthiest marriage you know but because of my mom's like prayerful spirit and relentless faith and in trusting god like for all of us my whole family like god has been able to hold us together and then on top of that for my life just seeing how god provides in the craziest ways like bringing people into my life that i needed um saving me from like crazy consequences that could change my life around, saving me from the path of life that I was walking in high school. Like living that double life, like where I would be now, like I don't know. Um just and then uh being able to lead people to Christ too. Um so at Word of Life they did this thing called open air evangelism. And we spent four days in New York City evangelizing people on the street. And After I was able to talk to people and get like, like, hear their stories, get really good insight. Um, one of the things that stuck with me, I, I didn't, this kid didn't get saved that day. Like, I just prayed with him, but we were on the subway and I was talking to him. Like, he was with a girl, girl got off on the stop. And then I went over and sat next to him and I just started talking about Jesus. And he was like, you know, it's crazy. Like, I've been having questions about this because there's this girl. She was like a terrible, like a terrible girl, like a like a thought, everything, you know? And then like basically a couple months later, she comes back to school and she's completely changed, like on fire for this God person, you know? And like her life really changed. And I like that's huge evidence. I I want like I want that. So like prayed with him about that, you know? So being able to hear stories like that. And then uh I also was able to help so other people uh, see Jesus in that, in that way on that trip. So stuff like that. And then it's having great people in my life,
0: I guess, you yeah, know, I guess that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Um, the evangelism question is something that I want to talk about. Um, so how, you kind of talked about what that conversation looks like, but how does just a random conversation like that on the street start? How do you approach somebody? How do you even begin? A con- like, that's a really weird, strange thing to do is just be walking around on the street and just start a conversation with somebody and eventually get it to Jesus. So right, what right. what does that look like? What does that sound like? Cause to a lot of people, including myself, that's just, weird and uncomfortable like these are strangers why would they start talking to you in general and then why would they start talking to you about jesus right right
2: um so on operation barnabas which i referred to earlier they taught us evangelism skills but even like before that i guess growing up in the church uh i i don't know i'm a very extroverted person and I like to relate to people, so I will find things about people, like whether it's what they're wearing or like what they're saying. I'll find things about people to like relate to them. So, especially like in New York, we were at the park one time and I was talking to this dude named John, and like he was just chilling by himself, and like I sat down next to him. And I was like, "Yo, it's cool. If I sit here." He's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Yo, I really like your watch." Blah blah. blah. And then we we started talking about clothes and stuff like that, and then basically. i I think i asked him um like i was like what do you think i was like i'm doing some questions for like my school because that like it wasn't it wasn't false i was like i was like i'm asking people these questions you know i was like do you think heaven's real and then he was like you know i i i've heard a lot about it like i i have this guy he my one of my good friends he's been asking me questions like this before (laughs) but um I do think it's real, but I don't know if I deserve it. You know, I don't know if I'm good enough for that. And that is, like, that's the number one answer that I've heard, like, my whole life. It's not that people don't think heaven's real. Because people, to be honest, everyone has existential questions. Everyone thinks about the afterlife, you know? Like, people want to know, like, what's next? Because we distract ourselves with really trivial things on on Earth to to distract Mm -hmm. from the fact that, okay... There there could be heaven or hell, but I don't know where I'm going, you know? So, um, understand the principle that most people do wonder. And then, so, he and I, like, continued about this conversation. And basically, it ended up being, like, uh I just asked him, like, like, do you want to be in a relationship with Jesus? And he was like, yeah, I do want that. So, I prayed with him. And then, as soon as I was done praying with him, his friend walked up, his friend that had been evangelizing to him for years. So sometimes it's not even like the person that you're closest to. It can be a random stranger. That's like that, that what they say is like it takes seven people to preach the gospel to somebody at different times for them to like, for it to close. So somewhat, sometimes that's true. But for me personally, I love meeting people, relating to them, asking about their story. And then they ask me about my story and. It, or I asked them if they think heaven's real, because it's an important question. So.
0: What's the most, like, awkward or negative interaction you've had with somebody in that situation?
2: Ah, uh, huh. Let's see. Oh, okay, so <laughs> I was at Huntington Beach, and, um, <laughs> I was, this is on OB, and there was this yeah. dude named yeah. Matt. And I was talking to Matt, and, like, I was, like, going to, like, share the gospel with him, and he just, like, pulls out a bowl and just, like, starts smoking, and then it was just, like, it was just funny, and then I asked him if I could pray with him, he's like, nah, I'm good. So that's one that sticks out to me. Oh, and then in New York City, there was this dude, there's a couple of stories in New York City, there's this dude, yeah. and I was talk- trying to, like, talk to him, and... I was just talking to him about Jesus and stuff. He's like, Yeah, no know." blah blah. So I was like asking him stuff about his faith. He's like, Who are you, man? Like who are you? Like who the blah blah blah? Like, yo, you're crazy, bro. Like like he's like he's like getting in that face. and then like and then like he's like, you know, what? I'm done, I'm done. Don't talk to me and then like walks away <laughs> And then um one of the best best ones though was uh I was talking to this vendor and you know, a lot of people in New York City sell sell a lot of fake Like Louis Vuitton and stuff like that. So I was talking to this guy. He said he was Muslim. We were just talking about faith and stuff. And he was like, he he was trying to say that like Islam was the way to go. And he, I was this question like came to my mind. And I was like, okay. I said, so you believe that Jesus was a prophet? He said yes. I was like, do prophets ever lie? He said no. And I said, so why did Jesus claim to be the Messiah and Son of God? And then he says, it's all the same, it's all the same. And then just like stops talking. And I was like, I I didn't like I had never thought about that question before and God just like placed it on my heart. Like Yeah. 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 So I for the most part, most of my interactions haven't been like super negative, I could say.
0: That's good. That is good. Yeah. We, I ask those and you respond not to like batten out these people. Like these are actual interactions we're having and we don't, we don't go into those interactions expecting that like we're the ones responsible for bringing them to Christ. We don't, like that's not, even though it sounds like this is for the people listening, even though it sounds like our goal is to convert people, like our goal is for other people to know Jesus. Yeah. But. Hopefully in those moments, we all have the heart of this isn't on us to make them a Christian right now. This is on us to share Jesus with them. And if they choose to make that decision, awesome. And if they don't, then hopefully that decision happens somewhere down the line. Like you said, if it takes seven people, if we're the first person and it takes five or six more people, or if we're the seventh and we get that opportunity to be there with them when they make that decision, either way, great. Like that's what we're called to do. We're called exactly. to share Jesus, not to make people Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's really cool hearing both sides because that's true. I mean, you could have both sides of any conversation. If you bring up any topic with one person, they might totally agree and be on board. You can bring up the same topic with somebody else and they will hate you and run away. Yeah. Uh, it could go either way. So, um, it's really cool that wow. you've had the opportunity to have a lot of those conversations. And, um, are you in, so like those, those were very specific, like Operation Barnabas. That's what you were doing. That's why specifically that day in Huntington, the purpose was to go out and talk to people that trip to New York. The purpose was to go out and talk to people. Do you find yourself having those conversations just as part of your day-to-day life? Do you seek those opportunities? What does that look like?
2: So, um, sometimes there's this guy, um, at word of life not at word of life but at the mobile gas station nearby and like i would every time i would see him i would like know i was prompted to like say something so like it first started off with like have a blessed day and see like if that was gonna go anywhere yeah. But like i always asked him like how he was doing and stuff but i never explicitly was just like hey what do you think about heaven or hell you know and like those are those are decisions like I I regret like not choosing to say to a random stranger like when when yeah. I feel content, you know but um I think the most recent one was uh one of my friends friends uh her name is Julie and I was just like we were just like she went to a different school in Pennsylvania we were just talking and I ended up just like sharing my faith with her but she was like. I don't really believe in all that, but I do believe like you need to be a nice person, blah blah blah, and all that. So like sometimes it just comes up naturally. Um, but I I think I I need to make a better habit of of being intentional with my conversations with strangers, especially since like one guy said this to me this year. He said I have the gift of personality. So so <laughs> being able just to relate to random people. So I I feel like I should use that more.
0: That is a valuable personality trait that not everybody has to be able to just walk up and start a conversation and be fully engaged with that person right away. Um, to be somebody that people want to engage with, that's rare. So yes, use that more (laughs) often. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, I have one last question. I don't know if you had anything that you, this is a rare time for us to be together. I don't know if you had anything that you wanted to ask or talk about, um, before I ask our last question and get us out of here in a reasonable amount of time.
2: Okay. Um, (laughs) I don't know if I have any questions, honestly. Yeah. I
0: kind of put you on the spot. (laughs) I mean, I can definitely come up with (laughs) I can definitely come up
2: with questions. Um, but they're basically the same ones you guys already asked me,
0: yeah, we're not trying to we're not trying to elongate this too long. We want people to <laughs> want people to want to listen and have it not be crazy. So yeah. my last question, you kind of answered it earlier um with your with the verse that's on Instagram. But are there any other Bible stories or verses in particular that have meant a lot to you over the years? ones that you can always like lean on or look back on? to encourage you or to push you in the right direction again, or to ground you, like whatever that looks like, what are a couple stories or verses that do that for you?
2: Yeah. So, uh, one of them, and I need to go back and refresh it, but I remember I was sitting in that same recliner at the Kurt's house. And I was reading it. <laughs> I started to read everybody always in it. And he said, like he referenced to Joshua one nine. Mm-hmm. And then I was talking to you about that verse. But like, when I, when I read that, it like hit me. Like, my name's Joshua. I was like, God's like, He's talking to Israelites to be strong, and courageous. But like, the verse before that's so important too, verse eight, which I honestly don't remember exactly what it is.
0: Um, this, this verse, book of the law, five. you shall meditate in it day and night so that you may do according to all that is written in it. For then you'll be successful or something along those lines.
2: Right. Yeah. So that is a very, um, I want to say it's a personal verse. I guess I kind of make it personal because my name is Joshua, but I think that's a really great commandment for for everyone. Uh, and then I would say uh, one verse that sticks out to me today, stuck out to me today was uh, limitations three, like 22 through 23. And I read it this morning, but I don't exactly, well, I have my Bible here, but, it says something along the lines of like God basically being, his mercies are new every morning. Um, and how he's just forever merciful. A lot of the verses that speak to me are about God being merciful because I'm a sinner and I screw up a lot. Another one is a uh, James 2.12, which says mercy triumphs over judgment. And that one is super instrumental, especially when I want to share that with somebody else another believer or like just anyone if they're feeling like they're not worthy like god's word says that mercy triumphs over judgment so before he like condemns you to hell he wants to he he wants he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't want to condemn you to hell you know
0: he wants a relationship
2: with you god wants a relationship with everybody and then another one is uh philippians uh four third no not thirteen this one that says about uh, peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus like, about that whole passage is uh, really reassuring. And then uh, another one is Psalm 51, which is uh, the psalm that David writes after he slept with Bathsheba and then got Uriah the Hittite killed on the front line. Yeah. And he is just like broken over his sin and to read that and then also know that David was a man after God's own heart and like I haven't killed anybody, you know or had anybody killed but like and I'm not saying, I'm not definitely not better than David but if God's mercy is like so so forever that like I can read this about David or I can read this about Paul or Saul becoming Paul, then like
0: it's enough for anyone, no. yeah. Yeah. That's the longest <laughs> list anyone has given us on that question. So <laughs> Impressive. Good job. Thanks. Yeah. That's great. Um, although we are quickly finding that most people named Josh quickly refer to the book of Joshua. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking too just now. <laughs> It's okay. Cause Joshua one nine is my favorite verse too. So it's fine. <laughs> and, and Joshua one eight is the verse that Micah wrote in the cover of the Bible that he gave me. Um, the first Bible I've ever owned that <clears throat> he made sure to write that in here so that I would, the viewers can't see it, but yeah, you can see that it says Micah signed it and wrote Joshua yeah. one eight to remind me how important that is. So. Well, we very much appreciate you taking time for us in the middle of your craziness with school and whatnot. We, as much as you miss us, we miss you. <laughs> we, your presence was definitely one that our kids and our community um, was very thankful for, very grateful for. Thank you. And so it is awesome to see you continue to flourish and pursue your things, and, and we can't wait to have you back out here. We will definitely. Try to get you on the podcast again. Uh, yeah. See if we can't zoom with a large group and maybe get a crazy, crazy <laughs> overpopulated podcast with everybody on it. Uh, we'll, we'll see that me out so much. As that. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be crazy. It sure would be. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see if we can make something like that happen. But again, we are very thankful for you making time. It was a lot of fun. Um, Jake, get us out of
1: Yeah, so uh, thank you guys for listening to uh, today's episode of From Bob's Office. You can find us on all social medias at F-R, not all, um, but most social medias at F-R-O-M-B-O-B-S-O-F-F-I-C-E. That's From Bob's Office. Um, We'll be back here again next week with one or two more guests. We haven't gone over our schedule yet. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys all have a good week. Everyone stay safe. Have a great weekend. I'm Jake Mathis.
0: I'm Jacob Bonner.
2: And I am Joshua Kianjui. That's my last name. They didn't get it before. It's true. You
0: said it once earlier and then you got it right then.
2: (laughs) Josh Kilimanjaro.
0: (laughs) Have a great day, everybody.